Good evening, brethren. Before we begin, um, I would like to ask the ask if anybody would like to pray for Brother Given. They, um, I, I would like to pray for Brother Given. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, you be with Brother Given. We thank you, Lord, for his faith. We thank you, Father, for his desire to be with us. Father, we know, Lord, that um, if he if he was possible, he would be here. Father, we ask that you would be with him. Send him comforters where he is. Father, that Lord, that you would um, touch his body. Father, we know, Lord, that there's an enemy out there that would like to um, would like to hinder him. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, rebuke the the enemy for his sake. That Father, that Lord, that he would not be able, that his enemy would not be able to do what he what he wants to do. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would give Brother Given comfort and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit tonight. In your son's name, amen. amen. I'm very thankful that the Lord has given us a sound mind. He's, um, you know, without a sound mind, there's not any much anything you're going to be able to get done, right? People that don't, you know, I've been around a lot of people with Alzheimer's. It's a condition in, in my family that is... Um, and when when they don't have a sound mind, you just don't get a lot done. It, it's like it's it's it's, it's confusing. It, it it you can't really reason things out right. He's given us a sound mind. In other words, we can know what he's doing. You know, tonight we're going to look at Ephesians, the first chapter of Ephesians, and and um, specifically verse three. But I want to read uh, uh, some of this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, that's us, right? Uh, are you walking by faith? Are you living in the Spirit? Well, then you're one of these faithful. Paul no, Paul knows that these letters are going to be, gonna, gonna, they're not going to just disappear. This is God's Word. And so he's writing this to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, there was some faithful in Christ Jesus, too. But um, I, I wanted to personalize that. You know, this is something, when you read the scripture, it, it's a lot more effective when, when you can personalize it, when you can see yourself there in, in the verse. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, this is saving you isn't like a hindrance to God. This is his good pleasure. He's doing, he's, he's doing the work. Salvation is of the Lord, and and actually He's called us into this fellowship of His dear Son. See, when when salvation, um, when you start seeing what God's doing, salvation takes on a whole new light. It's we're not just being saved uh, for here; we're being saved ultimately for there. The God now now this is quite a, an interesting statement. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you know he um, 
in Second Corinthians one three, it says, "Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort." You know, Jesus had to be be born of a woman. He had to be a man in order for him to save men. Now, and also at the same time, he couldn't be born from the lineage of Adam. Now, this is a complicated factor. Here, all the, every other man, every other person born in this world is born from the lineage of Adam. It, it's it's like you don't have a choice in this. You're 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 born, and your lineage, what's gone before you, you can't affect that. You can't change that. There's no way you can alter that. This is something that you're born into. And um, but in order to save men, there had to be a sinless man. In other words, that he couldn't have a nature that was a descendant from someone who had sinned. Yes. I was looking at this, and uh, when you talk about salvation, ultimately, I know we talk about it in terms of our participation in it, Mm -hmm. but what we're really talking about is what God is working and what he's going to receive in the same. Now, us being made in the image of God, I just this thought just came to me. Whenever, whenever God formed man, He became a living soul, mm-hmm. and He received the breath of God. That's right. Yeah. Now that was required. Yes. If He had not done that, man would not have been the image that He was mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. But this was a precursor that. God, we have to have the indwelling God in mm-hmm. order to be mm-hmm. what he created us to be. Yes. It's impossible for us to be the image of God, mm-hmm. in the image of God, mm-hmm. without the the uh, indwelling That's right. of the Spirit of God Amen. and the Father and the Son by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a pretty big thing here. If a person understands that, it actually will negate mm-hmm. this earth mentality. Yeah. We'll see that this is a heavenly destination. And yes. Uh-huh. And so while we live it out in the flesh, mm-hmm. according to our, our measure, mm-hmm. we st- this is not the point. Yeah. Yeah. The point is for God image to be mm-hmm. seen in heaven with him. Amen. And fellowship with mm-hmm. the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. Is part of that image. That's right. Amen. Yes, Brother Justin? Yeah, they're spiritual blessings and they're in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is the work of God. I mean, it, the, mm-hmm. the, cha- the first chapter of Ephesians starts with Paul, an mm-hmm. apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. That's right, yeah. So he wasn't even a self-appointed. That's right. An apostle wasn't a self-appointed person. Mm-hmm. This is God mm-hmm. that appointed Paul That's right. to deliver this. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, unless Jesus is the Son of God and at the same time the Son of Man, yeah. well, we would all still be in our sin. Yeah. He's, he's going to stand... In the presence of God on our behalf to where when God, God's going to do 
what whatever he asked, right? He, 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 whatever, he's our intercessor, but he is our intercessor. He is a, a man. Now, he's, see, there is, a, in any sense of the word, can Jesus be separated from, from this manhood? He's, he's a man. He was born, he was made of a woman, but at the same, and he had a father. The, the only thing is, is that his father was God. See, this, this is marvelous because, see, now he, he's, he's, he, God is his father. And so God is the one that has this eternal purpose. He's the one that, that purposed the whole thing. And so do you see how God's, his, his, his eternal purpose is moving forward. He had, all the way down through time, from, from Adam all the way to when Jesus was born, there was prophecies made. There were all these, but they weren't, how could you understand them? We didn't have the context of Jesus. Jesus shows up. He's the express image of the Father. And all of a sudden, man is capable of understanding. Jesus is going to give them an understanding so they can understand what God's been doing the whole time. Sister June, do you have something? No, no but I, I, I'll mm-hmm. put something real quick. Here. Uh-huh. We have the mind of Christ. Yes. Until we have the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. we can't think the thoughts of God. That's right. That's right. You're kind of tethered to the earth. So what Jesus come along to do is to, re, to, 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 to break the bands of the earth to where we could be set free so that we could actually think his thoughts in a profitable way. Under the law, most of the thoughts were negative, Right. I didn't. I should do this. I know I should do this. It's what God said I should do. But I also understand that I didn't do it. I, I, I fell short of the glory of God. So, you know, you go home from the Day of Atonement knowing I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. But when you come, when you come away from fellowship with Christ, you know I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I'm blessed. God's on my side. He's for me. We do have enemies, but they're temporary enemies. Every enemy we have is temporary. It's not, we're not going to have enemies when we, when we are caught up together with him in the air, right? All the enemies are going to be subdued then, 100%. So see, hit this thing that, it sounds sometimes like a technicality, that Jesus had to be a man and he had to be God in order for him to die and it be effectual. But that's not a technicality. This is the gospel, This is the essence of the gospel is that Jesus came down, the son of God, and he's the one that laid down his life in order that we might have his life. Now, that's amazing. That's amazing that he could he he could give someone life and take away their sin. Now, this is the gospel. It really did happen. Jesus really did die. And now, if you believe that, he really does impart unto you his own righteousness. You can't get any better than that. You can't. This is the ultimate. You know, in, in, in the day we live in, perhaps this has fallen by the wayside. It's not as exciting. People say, well, you know, there's so many other exciting things in this world. This, there is nothing more than exciting than the fact that God has taken you unto himself and now you what do you have to look forward to his blessing living with him forever partaking of the water of life freely there's no greater blessings than these brother david 
I have a question. I was talking to a, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, and he asked me uh, if well, he kind of made the statement that you're always going to be a sinner. You're always going to be a filthy sinner. You always got to come. I, there is no no cleansing without Jesus. Yeah. But is is it that we always remain in a state of being a sinner or? Uh, I, I told him that I believe that we could be made righteous, and even though we get caught up in sins, we wouldn't be called a sinner because we're righteous. But, so uh, I didn't explain it very well, but do you have any thoughts on that? Well, now Jesus came and he took our sin upon himself, right? So now we're talking about what perspective are you talking about? Are you talking about God's perspective? Because from God's perspective, Jesus took away sin. He really did. He took his sin, our sins upon himself. Now, the question is, is experientially, have you received that? Because it's there. Salvation has happened. It's, it's accomplished. So in the presence of God, there is no sin, Right. <coughs> Jesus took it away. And now the one who took it away is, is at his own right hand. So the enemy can't come in. Satan can't come before the throne of grace anymore and accuse the brethren. The accuser of the brethren is cast down. He can't. Why? Because Jesus really did take away sin. The question is, 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 is our, in our experience, are we trusting in that salvation? It's real. And if you do... See, what will happen? You, you, you will focus on Christ, and anybody who's walking in the Spirit won't sin. So the, the thing is, that, the thing that we need to, do we still have a nature in us that lusteth to envy, right? It wants your attention. And if it gets your attention, it, it, James says, it will lead you to sin, right? It'll cause you to forget Christ, and then what will happen? You'll sin. You say, wait a minute, I thought he took away sin. Well, he he has taken away sin. That's, talk about the exceeding sinfulness of sin. A person that knowingly does something that they shouldn't do in light of what Jesus has already done, that makes sin all the worse. But see, we're talking about experiential or in in the in the presence of God. Sister Junior, I think. Yeah. And then, I never want to receive a doctrine that makes the work of Christ ineffectual. That's right. I that's mean, right. Whenever, whenever he came, what he died to do mm -hmm. was effectual. That's right. Now, I don't know if this man doesn't understand the propensity to sin in our flesh. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to... Uh, I mean, does he not does he not know that there is grace to resist the devil? Yeah. Just be as long as we're we're in these bodies, mm -hmm. there will be occasions. I'm not saying everybody had. You know, you said we were dirty, filthy sinners. Well, yeah, all sin is unclean, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that everybody who is a sinner is necessarily the same category of sinner. Uh, they're not all murderers. They're not, but they fall short of the glory of God. That's all you got to do. Is That's right. Fall short of the That's glory right. of God to go to hell. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus did 
it, this new nature mm -hmm. is a real entity. Mm -hmm. It's the one that we are identified. Mm -hmm. Nothing about salvation is pretend or uh -huh. uh, made up. We don't have. To, we can mm -hmm. look at things as they truly are. Uh -huh. And God has given us doctrine to understand our present condition. So. There mm -hmm. are people who want to pretend like they yeah. have no sin at all, anywhere in themselves, in uh -huh. the flesh. They're pretending. Your yeah. flesh is of the earth earthy. And then there are people who want to pretend like we, we aren't really different than what we were before we received Christ. Uh -huh. Well, that puts the light to, to what Jesus said of himself. Yeah. He came to take away the sin mm -hmm. of the world. Amen. And those that have come to him, uh -huh. you cannot be in Christ and mm -hmm. be a dirty, filthy sinner. The part of you that's in that's Christ right. yeah. is not a dirty, filthy sinner. Amen. Yeah. Sister Benita? Yes. Uh, when Jesus told the parable of the wedding feast, and mm -hmm. there was one guy that didn't have a wedding Yeah, party. that's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, he was thrown out because the... I said, well, if you didn't have clothes, there was clothes provided, mm -hmm. but you didn't yes. put them on. Yes. And uh, righteousness is the, the clothes of the saints. That's right. And Amen. in uh, Revelation, he mm -hmm. said to Laodicea, you say I am rich and I have prospered, mm -hmm. but you do not know that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and uh, I counsel you to buy gold refined to the fire so that yeah. you may be rich. That's right. And get white uh -huh. garments. So yes. you can clothe yourself, and Amen. the shame of your nakedness That's may right. not be seen. Amen. Yes. We need the righteousness of Christ. That's right. I mean, some some people might be dirtier than other people, mm -hmm. but we all need That's right. the righteous Amen. robes of Christ to wash our garments yes. and have them in Amen. Him. And these are our wedding garments. Yes. They, Amen. Jesus Christ. Yes. If we are in Jesus Christ, we have His righteousness. Yes. And we are uh, everything it's, we it's have. The point of order here is the righteousness of God. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, but but that is an important thing. We've yeah. we've said it several times to different people. It is the righteousness of God. Well, this um, is, he says, he that knew no sin was made to be sin. Right? That's what it says. For us. Why? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So see this? So it, you can't have it both ways. If a person believes and they're walking in the spirit, then they're trusting him, they're living by faith. In the presence of God, they're righteous. He receives them, in other words. He'll fellowship with them. So the the, the question is, 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 is in, in that state has not been finalized. We're here. We're in a body, right? In heaven, it's finalized. But see, we're not. We're not in heaven yet, are we? We're in this world. We're 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 in the world, but we're not of the world. But at the same time, we're very much here. And and the question is: is can is it possible for a person that's been sanctified and set apart to sin? Well. John says, if any man say, says he has no sin, he makes God to be a liar. The question isn't, do we have the capacity to sin? Because I think everyone here would, would admit, yeah, we do have that capacity. Not only that, we would have a propensity in the flesh. We have a part of us that can sin. Yeah. 
But praise God, we have a new man, one that's created in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, it doesn't want to sin anymore. Now, that's the distinction. Brother Justin, then Brother Marty. Yeah, it says that Abraham believed God and yes. it was accounted to him for righteousness. Yes. A person's faith is their righteousness. That's what your yeah. righteousness is. It's your faith. If a person is living by faith, then everything that they do is right. If a person isn't living by faith, there's nothing that you do is, is right. It says even the, pl- the plowing of the wicked is sin. Says yes. whatever is not of faith is sin. Is sin. That's right. That's so right. When a when a person willfully mm-hmm. sins against mm-hmm. God, they weren't living by faith. Yes. Amen. That's that's how that condition was that's possible. Right. So the exhortation is is to believe God. It, yes. it says if any man sin, we have an advocate. Yeah, that's right. We have an advocate. Confess your sins, and He's yes. faithful and just to forgive you your sins and yes. to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. If you sin, your conscience will uh-huh. will it will slay you, so to mm-hmm. speak. It'll let you know I'm not right before God. I got to beat a path to uh-huh. Jesus. Yes. Amen. And that, so the, the 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 goal is is to remain living by yes, faith. Yes, that's right. We want to keep in that posture. Amen. Of believing and yes. living by faith. Brother Marty, then Brother Rob. Is this the, really the discussion between the old man and the new man? See, mm-hmm. the new man cannot. Sit That's right. Amen. Definition, it, yes. It's, it's what we have now. It's mm-hmm. the new man. Mm-hmm. And that's me. Yeah, that's right. The new man in Robert yes. is... That's Robert yeah. now. Uh-huh. But we've all got this old man. Yes, that's right. We need to keep on the cross. Amen. Now, because of our fleshly bodies, mm-hmm. we're imperfect. That's the only thing that makes us imperfect. Uh-huh, yes. And that gives us a capacity to sin. Yes. Our eyes can stray. Uh-huh. Our minds can have thoughts that fight the mm-hmm. of Satan. Uh-huh. But that old man is the one, if you sin, it's the old man that did it. It yes. wasn't you that did it. Mm-hmm. It's the old man. And that isn't you. When that happens, immediately we can repent, ask God for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and he'll forgive us. If that tendency becomes the way you live, you are mm-hmm. no longer living in the new man. You, mm-hmm. you, have, you, have, you have put that away. It, and uh, James and John, John both warn about this. You mm-hmm. can fall away. Oh, yes. And that's how it happens. Uh-huh. But if, if you're still in the new man and living in the new mm-hmm. man, but these occasions happen when yes. you're tempted and uh-huh. you slip, yeah. then... It's not you that's done it. It's the old man that did that, and you immediately repent. Now, if that becomes a habit, then you then that's a whole different matter. But Rob, uh, Romans seven says it really well in verse mm-hmm. twenty-five. It says, "I thank God through Jesus Christ mm-hmm. our Lord." So then, with the mind, I myself serve yes. the law of God, mm-hmm. but with the flesh, the law of sin. Yes, yeah. Amen. Amen. That's the only part that can serve it now. That's the only part. And and so eventually, when we get a change of garment, right, and we get a new body, like in his glorious body, if you have cultured godly desires, if you have, have, have a love for walking in the spirit, walking with God and, and laying down your life, what will happen? You'll be at perfect peace with a body that's in complete harmony with your new man. But if not, well, see, now this is a, this is a, a very, very seriously scary scenario. 
to have cultured evil desires and then to be put in a body that can't sin. Now, that's what he's talking about. The fire, the worm that dieth not. Talking about all this, this man's cultured all these evil desires. And now for all eternity, he can never do one, but he wants to. That is a, that's a scenario that, that see, when I realized that years ago, that kind of, kind of uh, interrupted. See, sin does have a, 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 a pleasure factor, right? It, it, it's pleasure for a season, and we might say a short season. Sin, this body, why does it, why does it want to sin? Because there's a certain amount of pleasure that comes along with sinning. Okay? Just like if you walk in the Spirit and you're godly-minded, that's where you find your pleasure. But so, see, the question is, what do you really love? What do you really want? Because God's really going to give you what you want. In the end, you're going to get what you want. Now, Jesus thought so much about this eternal uh, purpose of God that he was willing to come down here and lay down his life, which, see, I don't know that we could understand the fullness of that. Of, of, of that price that he paid. This is an eternal price. He, he laid down being equal with God. He said he thought of not robbery to be equal with God, but he came and he became a servant. And in the end, he's going to deliver the kingdom back up to the Father. And he himself, we're talking about the Son of God now, is going to be made subject to the Father. Now that's an eternal price. But he thought so much of this eternal purpose of God that he, he determined it was, it was worth it. And now, see, what is he teaching us? He's teaching us that it's worth it. See, every day we all make these conscious decisions. Is it worth it to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and walk in the Spirit? Well, I think if you're, see, if you, if you have a, that's why I talked about Somebody that had a confused mind. See, only you sin when you don't see things clearly. Sister, Heather? What I've come to understand about sin and and pleasure is that that is actually um, a lie that Satan is holding out to you to believe that it is for your benefit or it is to be desired. Um, And if you see it correctly and the consequences and what it actually is that you'll realize that it's not to be desired. It's not pleasurable. That's right. Straight to hell. Amen. In Galatians 4.4, 4, this is what it says. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. I like that were under the law, just that perspective. See, he's talking about something that that was, but Jesus came and he he affected the was factor. He this was we were under the law, but why did he do that? That he that we that we the ones that were under the law might receive the adoption of sons. Now now get the picture. Jesus is the Son of God, right? He came, laid down his life in order that God might have many sons. <laughs> we we, have, we don't, can't even understand the, the true magnitude 
of when we get there, a number which no man can number. And they're all fully redeemed, fully like Jesus. And to where when, when they all are assembled on the sea of glass and every one of them's there, you'll see a true picture of who Jesus is. Each one of them having specific and intentional attributes that, that when put together, it will perfectly show you who Jesus is. It's going to take that many sons to show you what God's like. Oh, I tell you, this is not only exciting, this is exhilarating in the spirit. When you realize you're a part of something that's, that's huge. So see, it's worth holding on your way. It's worth pressing in. It's worth whatever it costs to, to be there on that day. It's worth it. Brother Justin? And that's going to magnify and glorify God. And that was part of the joy that was set before Christ that yes. caused him to endure the cross, Amen. endure the shame of it. Amen. Brother? I just noticed a similarity in the language. In Galatians 4, 5, mm-hmm. it says he came to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Uh-huh. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we yes. might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Yeah, amen. That's right. Amen. There's amen. a purpose behind all this. Yes. Amen. Amen. And see, the, the eternal purpose of God isn't seen in the temporal. I'm talking about if you just focus on the temporal, you won't see the magnitude of his eternal purpose. Right from the beginning in the garden, everything that happened, nothing was an accident. Nothing was, oh, no, what am I going to do now moment. God knew exactly what he was doing, even though man didn't. Adam didn't understand what his, the implications of what he did was, but God knew the implications of what he, what he allowed him to do. See, sin entered the world, but in the context of God's eternal purpose, this wasn't a dilemma. <laughs> Sister? Yes, that's why he said it was planned before. Yes, amen, that's right. That's right. And what blew my away is what David said in Psalms. He says, the number of your days were determined before you, before the foundations of the earth. I mean, my days were determined. Yes, amen. He knows how many days I have. Amen. Not just the hairs on my head. That's right. It was all planned ahead of time. Amen. That's cool. That's right, Amen. So see, when we, when we confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, something divine has happened. That could not happen. You could not make that testimony had, had not God given you to see that. That's what Jesus told them, right? Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. In other words, you, there's, there's no amount of training or teaching that can teach a person that Jesus is the Son of God. It's impossible. But... All, all God's got to do is just say, let him see. And, 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 and you'll see. Now, God's not only, you see, well, well, that's kind of miraculous. Yes, it is kind of miraculous. It has to have divine intervention for you to believe. So the question is, is do you believe? Because now if you look backwards from that perspective, if God gave me to believe, then he must want me to be with him. Now, if God wants you to be with him, what would you give for that? See, this is, he's given us many incentives 
Let's talk about God's incentive program. He'll, he'll give you eternal life, and all you have to do is just believe. Yes? It's kind of like Esau selling his birthright if we give up our birthright. Yes. Yeah. Yes, amen. Now, Jesus, or we were adopted, right? The adoption of sons. But he was appointed. See, he, he, God, from the, before the Father, determined, and, and it was an agreement struck between the, the Word and, 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 and God that the Word would be made flesh and dwell among us. In other words, he would, he would, he would firsthand knowledge of what it meant to live under the law. Now, no other man could keep the law. I mean, they didn't. I'll put it that way. They were supposed to. They were commanded to. They agreed that they would do it, but no man was able to keep it. Here comes Jesus, and from all indications from the Scripture, this is just something that flowed out of him. He was righteous. He is righteous, and the law is holy and righteous, right? So the law for him wasn't like a struggle. All Jesus had to do to keep the law was just be Jesus. Now that, see, that means that if Jesus is living in you, then following him isn't the struggle. Resisting the temptations, that's, we need grace for that. But see, following Christ, giving your life to Christ, that's not like hard speaking as a man. This is something that, it's like a joy. Have you ever laid down your life for the brother and given, given up something for one of the, that wasn't the hard part. This is, this is where we're called into the fellowship. Jesus laid down his life, and when he's in you and you're walking in the Spirit, that you're, you want to do this. Amen. Now that's your testimony. See, this is, this is your, your, your witness in you that this God's in there. He's working. He's, he's doing something. We're, we've been adopted, but in this sense, see, it be adoption's good. Adoption's real good. Now, if you live in a third world country and you don't have any food and you have they don't have a house and you live under a tree and somebody comes along and says, I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to take you to my house and you're going to be my son. And I'm going to take care of you and give you what you need. Now, that's a good thing. That person that lived under a tree would say, that's a good thing. I thought I was going to die and probably would have died. But then come along this person and extended himself and gave things up for me. That's what God's done for us. It's what he's done. He's called us unto himself, but there was a price to, to be made. Brother David? In John chapter 1, speaking of uh, Christ, he, John uses, uh, speaking of the, the light that came into the world. Yes. But he says, uh, John chapter 1, verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, yeah. him gave him power to yes. the sons of God Amen. to believe on his name. That's right. There's talk about the adoption of sons right there. Yes. Amen. 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 Now see this, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, this is unto a purpose, unto a reason. Now, as as you're as you walk in the spirit, as you're in other words, as you're more heavenly minded than you are earthly minded. 
that means that it, does that mean that we just sit down? We sit down and say, okay, I don't have nothing to do with the earth because I'm heavenly minded. No, it means that everything you do, you can, you can join that to God. You can, you can see God in everything because God is in everything. There isn't anything that we can do here that we have to be separated from God to do it. Now, of course, unless you're talking about sin. But see, that isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about at everything you do in word or deed, do it all heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto men. And in doing that, this joy of the Lord, see, you, you can experience that. You can live in that. See, when we confess that Jesus is the Christ, really what we're doing is glorifying God. See, because you can't say it unless he gives it to you. But the fact that you're saying it, that you believe it, proves that God's God. See, and, and, and you're a servant of God. And see, the people in, in heaven, the, the personalities in heaven, they don't have a problem with this. They hear someone confess that Jesus is the Christ and they shout for joy. They don't say, well, are you sure? You know, I mean... We really got to investigate. No, they just take it for the word. The words that are spoken. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We're glorifying God as God. That's a good thing. Philippians 2.9 says this, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. Remember, he came down. He gave up what he had. He tasted death for every man. That's what Jesus did. And so because of that, this is what it says, God hath highly exalted him, right? And given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And, you know, we're either going to do it here or we're going to do it there. Some of us are going to get to do it both places, right? See, the question isn't the question is people say, well, I will never confess that. Well, they just don't, they don't see things right. They're going to confess it. They're going to bow down and confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Given you say, well, if you do it now, you get credit for it, right? Well, this is the truth. See, you're, no one's going to get credit for it when they're forced to do it. But the fact that you can see that means God's involved in this. Romans 15, 6 says that you may be, you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, now, there's a sense in which he's your father. From the time you were born, God's your father. He's the one that created Adam. And so that line of uh, that, that lineage from Adam all the way to you, no person ever stopped being or belonging to God. He's 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 their direct. He's the one that owns us. He's the one that we have to give an account to. He's the one that's responsible for everything concerning us. We wouldn't be here without him, in other words. But the thing is, is that when you see it rightly, when, when, when you get into Christ and you look back, you say, not only was he my father and, and I didn't really respect him the way I should, 
but he he's the kind of father that will 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 bless you, bring you along, teach you things in order that you might see what kind of father he is. God is a good father. He's he, he, he's not an absentee father, right? He's not. He's a good father. And um, so when you see God as he is, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has orchestrated this whole thing that we might know him. Brother David. uh, Romans chapter Mm -hmm. 8, starting in verse 13. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Yes. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Mm -hmm. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. Amen. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, Mm -hmm. but you have received the spirit of adoption. Amen. That's why we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. And yes. His children then joint heirs with Christ. Amen. That's right. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You're talking about someone come along and say, well, I'd like to adopt you. And yeah. There's an inheritance when you get adopted. Amen. <laughs> that's right. Amen. You can't have a better inheritance than the one that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's a good inheritance. Jesus said, my father, talking about us now, which gave them me is greater than all. So see, Jesus shows up on the scene in order that he might take away sin. But more, more, even more important than that, he showed up to that we might know God. It was essential that sin be taken away in order for us to know God the way that Jesus, um, the way that Jesus knows him. But see, you see, the most important personality in all the universe is God. And Jesus, when he was here in the days of his flesh, acknowledged that openly, acknowledged that. He said, even the words that I speak are not my own. But, but there's, I, I only speak what the fathers told me to speak. He says, I and my father are one. But at the same time, he gives the preeminence to the Father. Repeatedly he does this. He's, he, he talks about the greatness of the Father. He says, um, he says, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Who? God. God's the one. God made this arrangement in order that he might be known. Now, it, I would say it's, it's nigh unto impossible to separate the Father from the Son, as far as in holiness or in righteousness or in effectiveness. See, they're, they're, they are one. There isn't anything that Jesus thinks about that God doesn't think about. You, you see what I'm saying? They're one. And so the work of salvation, the fact that Jesus came to lay down his life, the Holy Spirit came that we might understand what Jesus did in order that when we understand what Jesus did, we would see who God is. See, they're, they're, they're one. They're, the, the plan that, or the purpose that, that Jesus came here for was in order that God might be known. And he's done in a very effective, a very effective work. You know more about God right now than you did a year ago. If you're walking in the spirit, I'm, I'm telling the truth. You understand more about him. You have a greater desire to see more about him. 
Well, why? Because the Holy Spirit is effective. The Holy Spirit's doing his work. He's, he really has blessed us with, well, he's blessed us with just some of the spiritual blessings. No, he's blessed us with all of the spiritual blessings. So he says, in heavenly places. Why? Because this is, see, we set our affection on the things above, not on things of the earth. Why? Because that's where all the blessings are. They're all there. <laughs> in other words, they're with God. The very place that we're on our way to, right? We're on our way to being experientially all the time with God. And in fact, one place, one scripture says that the Father himself loveth thee. God so loved. How did he love the world? He made a way that they could get rid of their sin and be acceptable to God. That's what that's what the verse is talking about. He loved them so much he gave his son a ransom to die, to lay down his life so we would have life. Now, remember the prayer of Jabez. Now, I, I wanted to compare this or just I want to read this because I, we have received so much more than what they have re, had received under the old covenant. This is what he says. Called unto the God of Israel, Jabez called. This is in First Chronicles 4.10. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted, God granted him that which he requested. Now that, that was a great blessing, a great blessing. But now... Compared to what the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus, that we can, in the Spirit, fellowship with God because our sin's gone. You, you can see the comparison is like miles apart. Now, that was good. All right, this was God working. This was a good blessing. But the, what we have in Christ Jesus, oh, it, these are great eternal blessings. We've been given to be blessed with spiritual blessing. In other words, blessings that won't pass away. There comes a time when you pass away from this world that none of the things in this world can bother you anymore. I mean, they're, they're, they have, they're, like, they're like a, they have a life expectancy, right? Temptation has a life expectancy. You have to be alive and in this world, before the devil can actually have any access to you, when you're gone, when you pass out of this world, the devil doesn't have access to you anymore. He, there's nothing else he can do. So now if you pass and you, you end up being with the Lord, I love those parentheses, with the Lord, there's nothing he can do. His, his, it's over now. And we're all on our way there, aren't we? Every one of us, is, is is making swift progress to our last day. It, it's going to come. And the question is, is, is that between now and then, how much progress, if we really press in, if we really give him everything that we have, how much progress can we make? I don't think that you, we could calculate that. I think it's, it's an open, it's an open check, a blank check. How much do you want from God? Because if you give yourself to him, there, there's anything he won't do. It says ask in faith, believing, and he'll do it. 
So how much, as I, as I thought about this, the investment that God's made in salvation is so big, how much should we expect to get from God? See, that, you, what do you want? How much of God do you really want? Because that's how much he's going to give you. And he's not going to give you any more than that, I don't believe. God is involved in salvation. And, and as we by faith, press in and we're involved in it, that's where the sweetness of the blessing really is effective. Spiritual blessings, which it it goes on to say, which he hath wrought in Christ. See, every blessing that you're ever going to get, Jesus paid for it. He owns it. He owns the blessings. So the question is, as you fellowship with him, and you 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 wanting a blessing? He has them. He's already got them. He, he's 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 he'll bless you. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hands in the heavenly places, why? So that he might be this great high priest. He could intercede for you in matters that you don't even know you need intercession. He can do it. He's raised us up together with Christ, and made us sit together in heavenly places. Why? So we can be blessed. Amen. <laughs> Built up. Brother Justin? Amen. Yeah, there was this uh, uh, Broadway musical that they turned into a, a film. It was called Annie. Uh-huh. And there was a, a, it was a movie about this uh, girl that was in an orphanage. And this rich, super rich person, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the super rich person takes her to his mansion for uh-huh. a week. And she gets there, and she's in this mansion. And they said, "What's the what's, what's the first thing you would like to do?" And she mm-hmm. grabs, looks, and sees a mop bucket there, and says, "I think I'd like to start on the stairs." Yeah. Because she had, that's what she had done, right. just clean and clean and clean. Uh-huh. And so it's the kind of the same thing with us, and the, the reason why these things appeal to us—that an orphan would be brought. Mm-hmm brought to riches is that we've Mm -hmm. been set in this large room we've been set in these heavenly places Mm -hmm. and we have access to a whole lot of things yes our experience tells us that we've that are they're not ours by our experience but they are ours these things are ours he says in these heavenly places to be blessed Mm -hmm. we have access to these things and he makes that uh he makes that uh he's in chapter 4, Galatians, verse mm-hmm. 7, he said, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, yeah. but a son. Amen. And if a son, then yes. an heir of God through Christ. Amen. It's the, We have privileges that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. We have access that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. We have a... We have a... a we have an ownership mm-hmm. and a position that we didn't have before. Yes. And our relationship to God isn't like an outsider. It's, yes. It's like how a son loves a father or how a husband loves his wife or how mm-hmm. a wife loves loves her husband mm-hmm. would be a more appropriate way to say it. Yes. But we have access. Mm-hmm. And we, when we didn't have access before, we have it now. Right. And Amen. these things aren't apparent. Yes. That's why we're talking about these things. Amen. And that's why we declare these mm-hmm. things to people that are in Christ, that we, have this, we mm-hmm. have this access. We have these things. Well, the fullness of this blessing that God has purposed and Christ has purchased on our behalf, 
It um when Brother Given was going through John seventeen, these thoughts started um bearing a lot more fruit in my mind. He said in John seventeen twenty one, that they all may be one. Why is God doing all this? That they all, all the sons, all the sons, everyone that, that Christ has purchased on the behalf of God, taking away their sins and making them ready to dwell in these, these uh, heavenly, heavenly dwellings. He says that they all may be one as thou fathered art in me. You can't get any closer to God than what Jesus has brought you. He's brought you close to God. I'm talking family close. I mean, you have family over. What do you do? Well, you're not inhibited, right? You're not, they're your family and, and, and you love them. And, 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 and it, what is it? It produces all this joy and this happiness. When we get the glory and we're all there and we're all one, even as the father is one with the son, we're going to be one. He goes on. I in thee, right? Father, as you are in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Now that, it's a, there's an, any amount of work we could do to deserve that. This isn't something that you can like, you know, I'm going to start a campaign tomorrow, and I'm going to do the best I can do so I can be one with God. That, that, that's not something you can earn. This is something God has given to us to be one Jesus of course had to pay the price for that he had sin had to be gone we had to be made pure we had to be made righteous God had to in, in give us his own righteousness he says my righteousness will I not give to another and that he's he's serious about that he won't give his righteous to another so what did Jesus come he came and made us one with him. We're not different than him now. We're one. We're accepted in the beloved. And now God can freely give us his righteousness to where he can accept us. And, you know, in this, when the spirit works in you and, and you start to understand what he what Christ really has done, you feel more at home with God. Right. You, you feel like you can. Ask him for things and talk to him like he's your father, because he is your father. But see, sin so alienated us from the life that's in God that this is, doesn't happen like overnight, like not instantly. You, you, it's like when I was little, I didn't appreciate how much my father did for me. I had to learn. And that's what Christ is doing. He's teaching us how to love God. But of him, 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him, God, so what he's talking about. but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. And that's, that's what Sister Vanita was talking about. Okay, see, of him, why are you righteous? Because Jesus, the righteous one, laid down his life for you. That's the only way that God could impute to you his righteousness. He took our sin on himself in order that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now that cost, oh, I can't even, I can't even fathom how much that costs. He's our righteous and sanctification and redemption. So we we got the whole thing. We got the whole salvation because Jesus came and did the will of God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what is he? 
a new creation. A new. So see, the old, it's passing away. Boy, I tell you, sometimes right at the last moment, flesh can just get so rowdy, can try to try to press itself on you. But we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're more we can stand against the wiles of the devil while we're got our face towards Jesus. We can do it. We can walk on the water if we stick with Jesus. Well anyway, I I I've brother, go ahead. Christ had to make us clean. Yes. He had to make us pure. Amen. Before we could even have his righteousness. Mm-hmm. So yes. you could not be a sinner and have his righteousness. That's right. That's right. Well, it, it's kind of antithetical. Yes. Both of these are they're just antithetical. You say, well, it's quite a complex thing. You you're in a body that has two different natures living in it right now. I mean, the one, it would drag you away from God if you let it. The other, see, it sanctifies everything in you that God wants to work in you. They're both um, there for a purpose. Both of them. See, we're, we're learning something by having this other nature living. We're learning how powerful God really is. And how he can, you, remember, I can remember a time when I could not overcome sin. I, I couldn't, temptation took me. I just didn't know anything about what was going on. But look, after the kindness and love of God appeared and, and, and showed me that you have, I've given you power. Well, now, this is something that the Holy Spirit, he's got to work in you, right? This isn't something that's automatic, you, you, as you see God, as you see Christ working, and you, you believe and you press forward in faith, you'll learn how to be an overcomer. It, it, he'll teach you. In other words, David would say this, he can teach your hands to war. You can, you can be effective in this warfare against sin if you walk in the Spirit. Every time. Amen. I thank God for you, brethren. Um, I'm, I'm edified and built up when I when I think of what Christ done and what we come together. What a wife to edify one another in love to build each other up because we're in a war, brethren. We are. The enemy is real, but if we keep fighting, we'll keep winning. <laughs> Any other comments from the brethren? Well, thank you very much, and um. Sister June, are you going to come up or do you? Okay. Okay.